Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 97. This is Part 2 of our uh, Furniture and Care and Conservation of Metal Elements and Metal Leaf. And uh, continuing with Part 2. So we're going to start off with Metal Leaf um, Repairing of Gilded Surfaces. So dictionaries define gilding and art of ancient origin as the process of applying a thin layer of real or imitation gold as a decorative element to varied types, various types or on planar surfaces. I mean, actually, it's a type of veneer, you know, it's a type of finish. Um, the gold leaf used in this process is extremely thin, usually only four to five millionths of an inch thick and it is applied to the surface that it is designed to ornament over a carefully prepared sandwich coat of plaster or gypsum, gesso, and glue. Many pieces of old furniture that originally carried gold leaf decoration have lost part of the gilded design. Such losses are not due to accidents alone. They're usually the result of having several incompatible materials with widely different reactions to environmental conditions, trying to coexist cheek by jowl on the same surface, in the same environment. As the wooden support elements expand and contract, the hard uppermost level layers of plaster, gesso, bowl, and metal leaf, less flexible than wood, change less dimensionally. The problem is inherent with furniture ornamented with gilding, and any such losses should be replaced with traditional or similar materials and techniques. If the furniture is repaired properly and is cared for and housed in a relatively stable environment afterward, it can last for decades, perhaps centuries longer. Distinguishing types of gilding. The first step in Repairing a gilded, gilded surface is to determine what sort, sort of gilt surface you are working with. It will probably be one of two types, water gilding or oil gilding. Gold paint may also appear on the surface depending on how much good or bad restoration has been done. A gold painted surface can be identified by visual inspection. It will look untarnished, exhibit a low gloss, and it will usually show brush marks. Under close examination, though, gold-painted surfaces appear granular under magnification. A gold radiator-type, quote, radiator-type paint contains little or no real gold, but is primarily col colored by bronze or similar particles suspended in a drying oil medium. It should be noted that traditional shell gold containing real gold in a water-soluble binder, does not fall into this category whatsoever. Paint with a drying oil medium will soon tarnish, so never make any repairs with commercial gold paint on a gold leaf surface. Although while fresh, it might be a close match, next to a real gold surface, the paint will soon change color within months. So to distinguish between water gilding and oil gilding, Take a small drop of water and place it in an inconspicuous but representative 
spot where there will be no evidence of any previous repair. After several minutes, roll, don't rub, a cotton-tipped applicator over the surface covered by the drop of water. If the, <clears throat> if the gold there is easily removed, the original gilding process is water gilding. If the gold doesn't come off, the original process is oil gilding or water gilding covered with an oil film. Filling. Regardless of the original gilding process used, a careful worker or restorer using great patience, a little practice, and reversible materials can repair minor gilding losses. After the process has been determined, the damage must be examined to see whether it is necessary to compensate for missing plaster and gesso to keep the repaired surface level. If so, dilute some commercial hide glue, 50% with distilled water, and brush the solution on the damaged area, acting as a size. Let the glue dry an hour or so, and then press into the area to be filled a small amount of, say, a vinyl filler, a commercial product. Wipe off any excess with a dampened cloth stretched over a fingertip, always wiping from the center of the fill toward the outer edge. If the same manner, after the filler has been hardened, remove any excess that may have spread over neighboring areas. A, damp a dampened Q-tip is also useful for the cleaning up, especially in carved areas. But be careful not to rub the nearby original gold leaf too hard. It is necessary to repeat the filling operation once or twice in order to complete a good fill because shrinkage occurs sometimes um, slightly after it is dried for even just a few hours. Inpaint the fill with the appropriate gouache color. You can use combinations of some of these colors to imitate gold. Yellow ochre, raw umber, burnt umber, raw sienas, burnt sienas, uh, lamp black, Chinese white, or even new gambage. Obviously, your repair can be, <coughs> can be noticed on close in inspection, but you are only trying to make the area less noticeable to blend in with its surroundings. Shell gold may also be used and then glazed over with one or more of the gouache colors to give an aged appearance. Metal leaf replacement when there's major losses requiring metal leaf replacement, this should be accomplished by using materials matching the original. This would work better left to a master gilder, a restorer, or a conservator. For the reader interested in learning background material on traditional methods, there are numerous publications. It is, it is not necessary to remove any of the remaining original gilding to replace losses and consolidate a structure. Working carefully, one can fill minor losses with materials that correspond to the original. Major consolidation may involve replacing the underlying carved wood and plaster, a job best left to a conservator or a technician who routinely deals with this type of problem. The following steps and the accompanying, <coughs> and accompanying projects, um, you may want to do this, use projects that are not period work so you can come up to speed and develop your techniques and, and to see how materials work 
with some of the things you're attempting to do. First, the original gilded layer was tested or should be tested for solubility with a drop of water. Tests show that this piece of furniture was oil gilded. The surface was then vacuum cleaned with the aid of a soft brush. Further cleaning was accomplished. After vacuuming, with a solution of 15% household ammonia and 85% distilled water, surfaces should be rinsed with distilled water and rapidly dried, taking care not to allow any of the rinse water to stand on the surface. The next step is to brush on a solution of warm gelatin sizing to clean away the remaining grime to prevent the surface and to serve as a consolidating or holding agent for the uppermost layers. It is a good idea to make up the gelatin solution only a day or two before you plan to use it, since there is a possibility that mold will grow on gelatin sizing that is, uh, you know, sitting out for, uh, for, you know, for a long period of time. So, um, so, um, but there's several recipes out there to, uh, for the gelatin sizing, and they can be found in art and conservation literature and uh, some in the AIC and most recent literatures, except that they include fungicides or just except you want to exclude any of the fungicides. And I kind of hate to recommend their use because of the toxicity. The gelatin sizing needed for this process is mixed <clears throat> this way. Weigh an ounce of dried gelatin and place it in 12 to 16 ounces of distilled water in the top of a cool double boiler. Let the mixture stand for about 15 to 30 minutes. Then heat the water in a pan below. The gelatin should not be heated on direct heat because it can be e easily discolored and burned that way. After the water in the bottom pan becomes hot, stir the solution for a minute or two. The solution can then be decanted into a clear jar capped and stored in a refrigerator. To use it, place the jar in warm water and the thick gelatin will quickly become liquid again. After the gelatin sizing is dried, wipe off any residue with cotton balls. They are safer than a piece of cloth. If the cotton ball snags on a loosened splinter or a loose piece of remaining gold leaf, it won't pull off more than the structure. Instead, the snag fibers will pull away from the ball and remain safely held on the friable surface of the furniture until gently pulled away. Hide glue diluted 50% with distilled water is brushed on over the dry gelatin using sizing and the lost jello is replaced with dap vinyl filler so this is very common off the shelf and the great thing this dap can be um, reversed with a uh, with lacquer thinner so you may look at it and say it's it's not a special conservation or restoration product but it's a filler that we can use and the homeowners can use and it can be reversible the filled area is smooth and any excess filler is cleaned away with a dampened cloth stretched over one's fingertip. The fill cannot be sanded because of the danger of abrasion to the nearby original gold. The completed fill is painted with gouache to match the originality used. In this instance, though, black and white gouache was mixed to match the original gray bowl used.
After the in-painting is dried, a solution of acrylic resin in benzene is applied to seal the gouache. A diluted shellac solution or a 12% solution of solubar varnish in turpentine can be substituted. A commercial oil gold sizing is then applied and patent gold leaf laid on top of that. The repaired area should be allowed to dry overnight and the excess gold is then wiped away with a cloth. Oil gilding cannot be burnished as water gilding can. So that's going to finish up uh, part two of our, our metal elements and metal leaf. Um, and if you want to see us actually in the studio, the horological studio, the restoration studio, or um, on site in situ at a client's location or in museums, um, look us up, the Historic Preservationist, on Instagram, IGTV, and our YouTube channel, the Historic Preservationist, all lowercase. All one word. Um, so this ends part two. Uh, thanks for listening.